And that's why I believe in you, because that is the greatest purpose. It's to love. Honest. It's to, it sounds corny, whatever you want to say. I don't care. I love people because there is freedom and power in loving people. Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we have the crazy belief that creating success and happiness is a daily conscious effort, which is why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week. I'm your host, Brandon Beecham, and each and every Wednesday, you can tune in to hear me interview a different consciousness changemaker that is out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. On the other four weekdays, you can tune in to myself and my co-host, Dalian, giving interpretations of our favorite thought-provoking quotes, sharing a bit of inspiring or mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and digging into any other mind-expansive topics that will help keep your soul fed by tuning you in to positive vibrations on a regular basis. Also, this Positive Head podcast is definitely a labor of love for Dalian and I, but make no mistake, it takes a lot of time, energy, and resources to produce five episodes each and every week for you, our listeners. So if you enjoy the Positive Head podcast, it would be stellar and much appreciated if you showed us your support at PositiveHead.com by picking up one of our unique Positive Head bracelets. Of course, you would most certainly be helping yourself in the process because it functions as much more than just another stylish accessory. And if you haven't ever seen one, they're really cool, simple little bracelets with our Flower of Life Sacred Geometry inspired logo. They're actually made out of recycled tires and metal, so our intention is, of course, to do something positive by giving new life to previously discarded goods, and as far as their functionality goes, they act as a daily reminder to help you focus on the positive aspects of your daily life. The concept was actually inspired by studies that you can read about on our our website, but besides that, many people believe just wearing something with sacred geometry is empowering in and of itself, uh, which you can also read about on our site. And of course, as the Buddha once famously said, what you think you become. So we believe having something on your wrist that reminds you to keep a positive head the same way a Fitbit reminds you to keep active makes a whole lot of sense. Of course, we charge way less than Fitbit for helping you to manage your mental health because we let you name your price for your positive head bracelet. The reason we do that is because our heartfelt intention is to spread the positivity at all costs, first and foremost. That is our primary aim. And we don't ever want money to stand in the way of somebody wearing one. So if money is super tight and you want to pay as low as our cost to get one, no problem. On the flip side, if you love our podcast and just hit the lotto and want to show us your support by paying a million dollars for one, well, that won't hurt our feelings much either, I assure you. All right, Dalian, here we go again. Welcome back, everyone, to the Positive Head Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Beecham. Dalian the Alien is my co-host sitting here with me. Hello, Dalian. Brandon Beecham. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon <laughs> Beecham. <laughs> How are you today, my friend? I, I keep remembering this flippant comedian um, podcaster that my brother showed me. Because um, <laughs> yeah, my brother's an avid consumer. Yeah, this guy's uh, pretty uh, out there. I guess he's like a parody version of someone like Tom Likas or one of these other radio personalities uh-huh. um, who aren't quite so cool, even though they think they are. Oh, well, uh, sorry. <laughs> I don't That's know my opinion, everyone. <laughs> Just my opinion. But no, it's it's pretty funny. And of course, we're not afraid to get a little flippant and weird around here either. 
So, but there are those who who, who get weirder. Apparently, what did this guy do? He, he would just like say stuff like oh, a really weird. Like- he yeah, he would just say all sorts of um, just inappropriate things or just like a lot of flipping things. And uh, I, he would go in these outbursts where he would talk like this a little bit, like uh, well, in front of have to tell you once again, <laughs> something like that. Uh, I'm but, kind of uh, intrigued, yeah. personally. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. I have to I have to just follow up with my brother again and get the name. <laughs> Oh, I am definitely a fan of people being quirky and weird. I don't know. It, it uh, does it for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, yeah, exactly. So let's see what is going on today. Um, let's dive right into the week. What do you got in the way? I've got some stories to share today. Uh, and right. <laughs> I know exactly. you've got a story to share as well that is uh, sort of, uh, I don't know, is it mysterious? Is it intriguing? Is it scientific? Or is it? Uh, it is um, two of those three, really. Okay. The second two. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. Um, I was going to say you have stories. I have stories, and we've talked about story. Going to be in story general, time today on the Positive Head Podcast, everyone. Yeah, exactly. Some of these stories may be more metaphorical. This one's actually um, no. It's another one of these uh, kind of scientific and medical sorts of um, um, discoveries that we're making cool. about the human body that are really cool. How nature, hiking in nature in particular, can change your brain. Uh, and I love hearing or reading about, about any sort of thing that. Uh, for example, proves a definite connection between yoga and changes in your physiology, meditation and changes in your brain chemistry, things right. like this, right? Right. So once again, we've got proof that, um, you know, just natural environments are um, promote health. So what happens is uh, for people who ruminate, which I would be one, a rumination, mental rumination is just, of course, um, kicking around the same, you know, negative thought over mm-hmm, and over, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it's been shown that, um, and this is an article from Collective Evolution, by the way, Brandon, mm-hmm. but uh, it uh, hiking in nature can uh, reduce that activity a lot. So... Um, it says here, aside from the almost instant feeling of calm and contentment that accompanies time outdoors, hiking in nature can reduce rumination. Many of uh, us often find ourselves consumed by negative thoughts, which takes us out of the enjoyment of the moment. Um, and of course, that's what I was just referencing. A recent study published in Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences found that spending time in nature decreases these obsessive negative thoughts by a significant margin. Wow. <clears throat> so to conduct the study, researchers prepare their reported rumination of compare the reported rumination of participants who hiked through either an urban or a natural environment. And uh, of course, long story short, hiking through an urban environment does not reduce that um, yeah. that uh, activity. So um, it's something that's uh, rather predictable, but um, I'd love to see more, just more research going into this. Um, one of the things that, for example, the article references is um, the connection with technology, uh, mm-hmm. our technology being so ubiquitous now. So for example, if you're hiking uh, through nature, you may still have your iPhone there. So it references how not having any technological devices on you further enhances their Interesting. relaxation and, and, you know, yeah. So it's um, a lot of these things I think are just uh, pointing to things that we already suspect, but we're going to find more and more confirmation of why this is so, like I said, from a, you know, really pretty hardcore scientific basis, because it's going to show, you know, the direct link be- between, you know, hiking in nature without a device, electronic device at all on you, right? Yeah. And um, I'm going to say lower um, blood pressure levels, you know, um, even um, mental uh, brain waves, right? Like, you know, we will know that we're perhaps generating these like meditative mm-hmm. brain waves, right? As opposed to the chaotic, buzzing, staticky. Well, we know if you're in nature for like a few days, your your biological... S- clock resets like it's 
<clears throat> it's it doesn't surprise me at all. It's like, it's one of the reasons I love going to, you know, festivals and, you know, camping out for those three or four days. I, I feel so recharged in a way, even though it's really strenuous in a lot of ways compared to our comfortable, you know, artificial environments we're so used to being stuck in. Um, it's in some way so reinvigorating. And uh, I think that's a lot of the problem. I mean, you look at places where there's high suicide and so forth. What, there's very little sun. They're not getting sun. They're not getting nature. It's like, and that's where we come from. That's like our that's our mother, you know, and it's like being cut off. It's like a baby that doesn't get, um, the affection from its mother that it needs, you know, I mm-hmm. guess would be a good way to kind of, um, compare it, I think. Right. Exactly. I uh, know the article is, um, pretty good because it goes into, uh, detail about things like this. And for example, um, the connection between hiking outdoors and, uh, a ADHD or any kind of attention deficit disorder in children, which mm-hmm. apparently it also helps, um, to, um, you know, um, manage, right? Right. So, um, another thing that they mentioned that I thought was interesting is how it, um, uh, hiking in nature is great exercise. And one of the things that I, that, that made me think of actually, Brandon, is how, um, because we just come to view things differently because of our culture and circumstances. But, um, sometimes when we work out, we do a little too aggressively and we're actually sort of promoting a fight response in the body I've heard. Yeah. Or, or for example, when we run like very strenuously, we're promoting a flight sort of um, physiological reaction that we're ingraining in the body. Whereas for example, an activity like yoga or just simply walking, right? Hiking yeah. is more calm, therefore it doesn't actually trigger this fight or flight response. Interesting. And that's uh, something that's, uh, I think, worthy of consideration because we want to I think we we just want to be conscious of when we're triggering what energy for what purpose and how it's helping us or affecting us really. Yeah. Cool. Very, very cool. Well, everyone, there you have it. Put down the the pill bottle and uh, get your uh, dose of uh, nature and <laughs> fix all your ails. Uh, I think I saw a meme not too long ago that, you know, or it wasn't actually, it was a, like a short video and it was like uh, <laughs> a commercial for, uh, like one of the, the medicine commercials that we're so used to seeing marketed to us to try and sell us stuff to fix our problems. And it's like, it was, it was like nature, you know, get out in nature now, you know, talk to your physician. Like it, it just like kind of a parody on the whole thing. And it's like so funny because it's so true. It's like that, that it, it's so simple, make food, thy medicine, make being in nature, thy medicine, all these pills and things to fix problems these guys are are money motivated to sell you that stuff like you don't really need it Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean i'm not going to say in all instances uh, that someone doesn't need some sort of a medicine don't don't get me wrong but i would say uh, the vast majority of it you can heal yourself with food and and time in nature yeah that's well said brandon it it was on the collective evolution facebook page uh, as well that i saw uh one of these memes in uh, picture form that i thought was so eloquent that speaks to kind of the flip side of what you were saying, because it said something like uh, over-medicated and under-educated. Edu- that's yeah. how they want us. Ah, and I know that the, yeah, the over-medicated part is for sure the case because the education part, you can do something about it now, thankfully, but um, uh, at least to some extent, but the over-medicated thing uh, for sure rings true. Um, it, w- it was someone years ago in Nashville that pointed out to me how m- many people out there may be on some sort of, uh, you know, prescription medication for anxiety, depression, et cetera. Right. Yeah. And they're sort of zonked out, but I never quite registered, you know, I never thought about that because even though I've had my struggles with these things, I've never gone that route. Right. Yeah. And I've only very briefly considered it, but just can't do that personally. Yeah. And then, you know, to think 
you know, perhaps people out there aren't fully, you know, functioning to their full capacity because they have chosen to go that route and they think it's helping them, but they don't quite realize what it's doing. Right. So. Right. Well, speaking of being in nature, I was uh, in nature this weekend at Lucidity Festival and, um, it was purely magical as always. And of course, as I like to say, when you're in a container of thousands of people all vibrating at such a elevated consciousness and frequency, um, it, it really opens up sort of a portal for all kinds of synchronicity and serendipity and just magical experience to happen. And I had uh, a couple stories. And as you guys know, I love staring, sharing stories of synchronicity. So uh, I thought I would share a few of them and one of them pertaining to the Positive Head podcast. Um, that was really cool. So I'm sitting there one day and uh, just sitting under this area right near our camp. And uh, my partner, Anna, decides to like, oh, let me braid your hair. Like, so I'm like, sure, we're at a festival. I, there's no there's no limits to what I can or can't do. <laughs> and um, let's do it. So I let her braid my hair and then a couple people walk up and start talking to us while she's braiding my hair. Really, really cool people. And um, I forget the girl's name off the top of my head right now, but she was amazing. And she said, oh, well, you braid mine next. And honestly, sure. Yeah, no problem. So uh, after she's done with mine, I decide I'm going to go uh, check out some music and she's going to meet me there after she's done braiding this person's hair. And, uh, this person sits down and of course they're talking and getting to talk. And, um, the girl, <laughs> the girl first thing says, Oh, opens up. Have you, uh, starts talking to Anna. Oh, do you listen to podcasts? You need to listen to, you know, the positive head podcast, uh, or I'm not exact. I wasn't there. So they were recounting the story. It was something like this order. Um, I may not have it exact, but you need to listen to the positive head podcast. And of course, Anna laughs, you know, because this girl has no idea that she was just talking to me. And that's like my show. We were just some random people. And she goes on to say that her friend, you know, her friend is, uh, really obsessed with the podcast and wants to, uh, marry and marry daily in her eye, like jokingly. And, and Anna's like, well, you're going to have to get in line because that's who I was just braiding before you. And that's, you know, she's going to have to get in line. That's my partner, you know, ha 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 and the girl's like what like so it's just such a great example of like energy attracting like energy here's this girl sitting down right behind me to tell my partner to tune into the show and uh it was such a cool cool thing for me and then of course when i saw them later they told me the story and so we took a picture and together and sent it to her friend who had actually given us a, a really lovely review um i believe her name was diana uh episode 60 she gave a review that we read off uh, daily and it was, uh, you know, so just like some amazing supporters that just randomly connected and it was just such a magical, cool, like what are the chances? I mean, maybe the chances are elevated there at Lucidity because, you know, um, you know, people who would gravitate towards the show are likely to maybe be there. But uh, the chances of her kind of finding us sitting down there and then starting to tell Anna about the show and that she needs to tune in are so unlikely. And uh, then I had another really cool synchronicity where um, this, so uh, this guy came up and I met this guy and his name was Brandon. And I instantly had a feeling of like, oh, what I felt like a really strong connection with this individual like oh and his name is Brandon too and I was kind of you know sometimes I'll tune into the like connection with other souls that sometimes I feel really significant and and in this moment I was really like oh wow this person seems really familiar to me and ah what a cool coincidence his name is Brandon also so 
we go over and we're all we're hanging out a group of us and we go and dance at this stage and there's only like maybe 10 people at this stage it's very um you know, sort of empty at this time. And I'm talking to this, this guy, Brandon, and someone else walks up and he starts talking to us and we're like, Oh, what's your name? And he's like, my name is Brandon. And of course I laugh. I'm like, okay, here's another one. Like, ha ha ha. You know, this is cool. You know, got a few people here. Three of us are Brandon's. And as we're talking about this, another guy overhears it and says, uh, my name's Brandon too. And so we're like, no way. Like here are four Brandon's, you know, when I met the first one, I was really thinking of the connection between him and I, and the fact that our names were the same. And so then of course, right behind that, here comes two more, uh, versions, extensions of self. Right. And, um, you know, we're all kind of like tripping out on it at this point. Like what's the chances four of us all together out of like 10 people there and um you know someone speaks up i think it was uh anna spoke up and said oh you really got to find the fifth one you know that's that's that'll be an important one or something like that so uh, of course there was no fifth one there at that time but i walk away and i go over to a vendor maybe 15 minutes later and i'm um looking at a hat at this particular vendor and a guy comes up and he says oh that's my favorite one and i get talking to this vendor and after a few minutes i'm like oh what's your name well, as you can guess, his name is Brandon. And I instantly, um, you know, here's the fifth Brandon. And I instantly think back to what was said. Oh, it's important to find the fifth one. And I mean, literally 15 minutes later, I'm like, oh, wow, you're the fifth Brandon. You must be very important. And I kind of go into this whole, like, you know, sort of... Um, uh, inspirational moment of explaining to him like you know kind of validating what he's doing and how important it is and he kind of gets very almost emotional like oh my gosh like I just had like the hardest conversation about my business and you don't understand how timely this is and how much I needed this and um, thank you so much and so it was just such a beautiful sort of synchronicity leading up to a conversation that needed to happen to sort of inspire this this Brandon to uh, not give up and I got to share with him my own personal story of loss in business in the last six months and you know of course my story which I've shared in other episodes is very dramatic and how I've used that only as a as a story to to lead into more goodness and how I've I've turned it in a way that that really works and and fuels me instead of disempowers me and so I I was able to share that with him and it was just such a beautiful magical experience to um to kind of uh, be of service to this other, this extension of self who needed, you know, needed some inspiration in that moment. And uh, so, yeah, as always, lucidity never fail, you know, never fails to deliver the magic. And I hope all of you, and it's funny, right before all this went down, someone was asking me, uh, my dear friend Koshin was asking me like, how do you create so much synchronicity and how, you know, does this already always happen to you? And then of course there's a series of them right after that. And, and the thing is, is I'm not creating them in any way other than being very open to the fact that they can happen. I give a lot of energy to it. I get excited about them when they happen. And I think it's that innocence, that acceptance, that belief that it can happen, that faith that can happen that allows it to come in. And so all this got me thinking. I wanted to share these stories. So I thought, you know what? Why don't I actually make this whole show about synchronicity? And why don't I bring in, of course, some help, uh, some perspective from one of my favorite teachers who I've heard speak about this subject, Wayne Dyer. So I found a clip here. This is Wayne Dyer. It's from uh, a YouTube page. Uh, it's Laurent, I don't know how to pronounce this last name, Puchker. Kerbo. Uh, <laughs> I probably butchered that last name, but it's a YouTube page and it's uh, Wayne Dyer 
faith, synchronicity, and consciousness. Let's hear his perspective on it. I'm walking on the very grounds that uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, Henry David Thoreau, actually walked on in their lifetime. And one of the most important things that Emerson said to all of us is that the whole course of things is to teach us faith. And teaching us faith isn't really about teaching us religion as much as it's teaching us faith in ourselves. A belief that we are connected to something that is greater and grander than all of us. And that which we are connected to is divine. That we are all divine beings. And that each and every one of us ought to really consider very strongly treating ourselves that way at all times in our lives. Recognizing the importance of, of our own thoughts. Reminding ourselves that what we think about is what expands into our lives. And that our thoughts are the most powerful force that we have. They're our connection to eternity. So that each and every one of us should be remembering what Emerson and Thoreau and Louisa May Alcott and so many of those people who lived right here wrote about and talked about and encouraged us to form a transcendent view of ourselves and of our world. One of my very favorite words that uh, was invented by a man who was a great teacher of mine. Uh, his name was Carl Jung. He called it uh, synchronicity. And it's a term that reflects sort of uh, a place where you can get to in your life where you can have a collaboration with fate almost. Where you can begin to uh, see things showing up into your life just because you were thinking them. And for some of us who are very practical-minded, we think, well, that's absolutely impossible. All of these things are just coincidences. But the word coincidence is an interesting word. In mathematics, coincidence refers to angles that coincide. And in mathematics, two angles that coincide are said to be two angles that fit together perfectly. And we have taken a term that means things that fit together perfectly and assume that somehow it's all done accidentally. But in the universe in which there is an intelligence guiding everything, there are no accidents. One of my favorite ways of describing this, uh, I did with a friend of mine years ago on some tapes. Uh, his name was Deepak Chopra. And Deepak and I were in front of an audience in London. And we all of a sudden started dialoguing about how to get strawberry ice cream. And we came up with the four ways to get strawberry ice cream and they raised in level and consciousness from the lowest to the highest. So the first way of getting strawberry ice cream is to have a thought. Everything always starts with our thoughts. And the thought is, gee, I'd, I'd really like to have some strawberry ice cream. And then you act upon that thought. You get up, you get on your bicycle, you get into your car, you go for a walk, you go to the store, you purchase your strawberry ice cream, and you come home and you say, I've got strawberry ice cream. And we don't think that that's too amazing. But if you really look at it, it is very amazing because that thought is invisible, it's formless, it's internal someplace. We know there's a command center in our brain, but we've never seen the commander that's in there who says, I think I'd like to have some strawberry ice cream. So it's a pretty amazing process. Have a thought and then act upon it. The second way to get strawberry ice cream is to have a thought, gee, I'd really like to have some strawberry ice cream. And you stay right where you are and you send one of your children off to get the strawberry ice cream. 
And this is a higher level of consciousness because here you are just sitting there having a thought and you just express a word and someone else goes off, gets the strawberry ice cream, brings it back to you and uh, you think, this isn't too bad a way of doing it. The third way we talked about on stage was the more intriguing way. And the third way to get strawberry ice cream is to have a thought, gee, I'd, I'd really like to have some strawberry ice cream. And then someone walks by and they say to you, excuse me, is this your strawberry ice cream? And when that happens, you go, whoa, booga, booga, booga. And you call everybody that you know and you tell them, you can't believe what happened today. I was just thinking about having some strawberry ice cream and a stranger just walked by and there it was and he handed it to me. This is what Jung called synchronicity and this idea that you have a thought. Perhaps it's a thought about a sister that you haven't uh, talked to in five years and she lives on the other side of the country and you can't get her out of your mind. And that thought represents an energy. And that energy says, gee, I'd really like to talk to my sister, but I haven't talked to her in a long time. And all of a sudden the telephone rings and there's a feeling in here. And that feeling says, gee, I bet you that's my sister. And you pick it up and sure enough, that's her. That's her calling you. And you th everybody that's out there has these kinds of experiences. You have a thought about something. I can remember one time having a thought about getting my screen doors fixed. And I had been given a hard time at home about get your screen doors fixed. And I just hate fixing screen doors. And I was driving down the freeway and I looked to my left and passing me was a truck that said, we will fix your screen doors. And I thought, this is synchronicity and work. And I followed that truck and I got his number and I called him and I had the screen doors fixed before I even got home that evening through a telephone call. And we often think these kinds of things uh, that we call synchronicity or we call sort of a serendipity or collaboration with fate, that they're accidental. But there's no accidents in this universe. Every thought that you have is a thought that is an energy. And that energy, when it is sent out, connects to something else. And everything in this universe is connected. Every tree that you see in this scene right here, every single bug that's out there, all of the thoughts that you have, all of the human beings, there's a philosophy that says that a butterfly flows his wings in New York, that it affects the winds in Tokyo, all around the world. So that's synchronicity. But there's a fourth way of getting strawberry ice cream. And that's the way that I dream about and think about it's called unity consciousness. And this is where you have a thought, gee, I'd really like to have some strawberry ice cream. And you manifest it. In the scriptures, this is called the gift of fish and loaves, that you live at such a high level of consciousness that whatever it is you place your attention on shows up and you become the creator or the co-creator of your life. But those are the four ways of getting strawberry ice cream. The first is quite easy. You have a thought, and you go out and get it. The second is you have a thought and someone else does it for you. That third one called synchronicity, that's one in which you can begin to see that when you have a thought, you have the power to attract into your life what you're thinking about, even though you may not be consciously aware of it. You can literally negotiate the presence of what you place your attention on. And ultimately, ultimately, even the least among you can do all that I have done and even greater things. And this means that we all have that capacity 
to have the gift of fish and loaves in our lives or to manifest what we would like. Basically, there are three levels of consciousness that I like to speak about. They go from low to high. The lowest level of consciousness is what I call ego consciousness. And it's the time when we believe that who we are is our bodies and uh, what we can do and what we have and what other people think of us. We essentially believe we're separate from everyone else and we're separate from what we would like to attract into our life. We're separate from God. And we go through our lives sort of believing that uh, we are so special and so important, more so than others, and in competition with others. And then there's a level of consciousness that I call uh, group consciousness. And this may be higher than ego consciousness, but it still causes a lot of problems. This is where we begin to identify ourselves in terms of the groups we belong to. I'm an American, you're a Canadian. I am male, you are female. I'm Republican, you are Democrat. Uh, I am Muslim, you are Catholic, and on and on they go. And ultimately, we create an enormous amount of conflicts and ultimately wars over this group identification. But there's a third level of consciousness, is the one that I've always aspired to and try to teach people to go to, and that's called mystical consciousness, or unity consciousness, or even God consciousness. And this consciousness is one in which um, we begin to see ourselves not as separate from each other, but as connected to each other. And when we see another human being, we see the unfolding of spirit rather than their appearance, what color they are, what shape their eyes may be, what their belief systems or cultures they belong to. That all gets shifted into seeing the connection between all of us. And my friend Ramdas, many, many years ago, tells a wonderful story that illustrates how uh, difficult it is for some people to understand this level of consciousness and he tells a story of a shepherd and the shepherd was um, tending to his uh, flock and a person from this uh, ego consciousness from uh, another part of the world uh, approached him and he said to the shepherd he said uh, would you mind if I ask you a, a few questions about your sheep and the shepherd said why certainly he said well tell me he said how far would you say your sheep graze or walk in a given day and the shepherd said, well, I can't answer that question unless you tell me which ones you're speaking about, the white ones or the black ones. Well, this man said, the white ones. He said, well, the white ones walk four miles every single day. We've measured that. He said, that's amazing. And he said, what about the black ones? He said, well, the black ones also walk four miles. Well, he was a little perplexed by that, but he said, uh, well, tell me this. He said, tell me, how much food would you say your sheep would eat in a given day? And the shepherd again said, well, I can't answer your question unless you tell me, are you speaking about the white ones or the black ones? He said, well, tell me about the white ones. He said, well, the white ones eat exactly three and a half pounds of grass every single day. We've measured that. He said, really? He said, well, what about the black ones? And he said, well, they eat three and a half pounds as well. Well, the man just got a little more frustrated. Finally, he said to him, he said, well, in the springtime, at shearing time, he said, how much wool would you say your sheep give? And the man said, which are you speaking about? He said, well, the white ones. And he said, well, we've measured that. He said, the white ones give six pounds of wool every spring at shearing time. And he said, well, what about the black ones? He said, well, the black ones give six pounds also. Finally, the man was beside himself. He just couldn't understand this. And he said to him, 
I don't understand this. Every time I ask you a question about your sheep, you ask me to divide them into the white ones and into the black ones, and then you tell me they're exactly the same. He said, why would you do that? He said, oh, he said, that may be a bit confusing to you. He said, let me explain. He said, you see all of those sheep out there? He said, yeah. He said, you see the white ones? He said, yeah. He said, I see the white ones. He said, well, the white ones are mine. I was given them, I raised them, and they're all mine. I own all of those sheep. Oh, he said, I understand. And he said, what about the black ones? He said, well, I own them too. And that was the story. And it's the story that uh, I've always been amused by. I remember when I uh, called one of my friends, and he laughed out loud at that story, Deepak Chopra. He said uh, it got to him. The idea was that we, and from ego consciousness and group consciousness, need to divide everything into colors and into appearances. But there are some of us who understand that those are just artificial divisions and dichotomies. And in fact, everything in the universe is all sharing the same intelligence. We're all one, even though we try so hard to divide them up. So, yeah, I love, of course, <coughs> how he breaks it down into four different types of creation. Of course, thoughts are the most powerful force we have. They're our connection to eternity, um, you know, of course, synchronicity, that the idea came from, or, or the term came from Carl Jung, is a, a collaboration with faith. And, and I love how Wayne uh, kind of talks about, well, people call it coincidence, like it's not, you know, in, in flow. It's not perfect, but really coincidences coincide. It's like this perfect fit uh, of, of a situation. So I really like that, how, how it takes coincidence and actually makes it tie in with synchronicity more as opposed to some oppositional concept. Um, of course, we all are familiar with the first way, thinking of something and then acting to get it. And most of us are uh, familiar with the second way to, to get something and create something, uh, thinking of something and getting someone else to do it for us. Um, and then, of course, you know, synchronicity, you think about it and someone walks by with the strawberry ice cream. Uh, I've certainly had some of that. And then you get to the fourth one that he talked about, which is really the grand pooba. <laughs> it's like unity consciousness, manifesting it. You just sort of instantly transmuting something. And I think that is the the I think that is the path that we're leading down. And I think this is such a great example uh, or great way to break it down here. It's like the art of manifestation, turning the fish, you know, the the gift of the fish and loaves, you know. And I, he's of course referencing the Bible story where Jesus, uh, you know, turns. Uh, I forget what it was that he turned into. Do you? I don't know if you remember the story. Story daily. He, he uh, multiplied. Yeah, one that's fish and one loaf oh, of bread. That's what it was. Yeah. So that's getting into like major creation, and uh, you know that's. I, th I think that is where it's all leading to. And so I'm in this third tier a lot. I see a lot of this third tier of you know synchronicity. Someone walking by with the ice cream as I think about it, and I'm I'm getting there where I'm able to manifest things more clearly. And and I think this gives us all sort of a roadmap of where where we're headed um you know with this whole process and what it all's kind of leading up to what does it mean right that's what you hear people say a lot what does it mean i think it means you're in flow with your higher self and it's sort of a, a wink and a nod that you're doing well and you're on your path to this greater level of manifestation i would say and, and wayne has broken it down and given us sort of a roadmap here that's so so beautiful to, to help wrap our brains around uh-huh it's it's really great how he explains what well he calls it the uh, gift of fish and loaves right but, uh, i think he's referencing something he says it's something that's been called that before this ability to manifest anything and i've heard it uh sort of referenced or explained in a slightly different way 
he was, um, from what I recall him saying, just essentially hinting at, you know, you, you have that creative ability to manifest really anything you want, right? Mm-hmm. But the way that I had uh, sort of heard it um, explained is that a being of high consciousness like uh, Jesus, presumably was, right, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, would have the ability to manifest anything that was needed at any given time. So uh, I think part of the... Um, where I'm getting this idea from, Brandon, is this beautiful book, Return of the Bird Tribes, right? That mm, we referenced yeah, before. Right. And in the book is the story of a, a Native American being who was actually a spiritual avatar who lived as a Native American um, man for, for a time, right? During a crucial time in our, in, you know, the prehistory of North America. Right. And, um, Long story short, the book is beautiful, but this being, among other things, had this ability. He was like a Christ-like figure, figure, right? Mm-hmm. And he had the ability to not necessarily get anything he wanted at any given time, but definitely to obtain anything he needed to suit his purpose, including miraculous things. And um, I think that's what essentially we have the ability to do. For sure, we have the ability to manifest anything that's needed. And not only do we have that ability, but we are actually exercising it, using it, all day, every day. Yeah. So, for example, I know that Wayne Dyer's um, gone into that consciousness of noticing, appreciating, and being, like I said, very excited about being very focused on the magical side of life. Those coincidences, yep. right? Yep. Be- between quotes. Yeah. Quotes. And not really coincidences, but synchronicity, etc. And I think that y- you share in that for sure. Um, I know that um, it's been a part of my life for a long time. And it started, like you said, when many years ago, I started to open myself up to these things. I've seen synchronicities about so many little tiny things where you think, oh, like, this is so random, right? It's such a little thing. Like, for example, these sightings of the 11-11 thing that we, when we talked about it, you know, um, weeks ago, I've been talking with someone who, like, we, we just keep telling each other like oh yeah i keep seeing these numbers right i keep right. seeing 11 11 11 22 33 333 right, right. all these sorts of things right and um yeah it's just a, to me it's just a sign that the more you open yourself up to it the more you go and flow with it the more it's telling you yeah follow your intuitions follow these creative impulses see where they lead and you can manifest really pretty much anything yeah so. yep it's uh, i think uh Faith certainly plays into it all. It's like I'm such a believer and so open. It just allows it in. And I think that's really the step to answer my friend Koshin's um, question. Well, how do you do it? You know, just being really, really open. And of course, like anything, once you've seen it happen, then it becomes easier to expect it to happen more or be open to it happening. It's always that first step in faith to sort of uh, overcome that, you know, break down the, the, the initial wall, I guess, between you and, and seeing those sorts of things. So hopefully this podcast will inspire some people to call in synchronicity in their own life. And, uh, so that, you know, essentially they can get that feeling, that magical feeling of being super in flow with their path. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly, uh, led me, uh, on my own way and, and inspired me at times when I needed the inspiration. And, um, so, you know, and let me know that the support and, uh, there's something bigger than myself at play in my, my interactions. So, and, and it's not just me, it's all of us. So, well, Dalian, we're getting down to it for today. Uh, I do have a wonderful song queued up. I saw an artist that I hadn't seen before at Lucidity this weekend. Her name was Yaima, Y-A- I-M-A. And this song is so beautiful. It's um, another one tough to pronounce, but Gaju, Gaju Maru, G-A-J-U-M-A-R. 
R-U. Um, don't know if I said it right. Yaima, sorry if I mispronounced it, but the song is beautiful and I hope you all enjoy it. Love you all. Work is to honor the great beauty of. 